Extraordinary Terrestrials presents The Eyes That Stare Out From The Dark. Entry. It took some time before someone answered the door of the house that the fire trucks had come to that night, months ago. The father, who I will call Andy, finally opened the door. He did not recognize me. He had little reason to recognize me. I noticed the familiar circles under his eyes that plague seemingly everyone here. I explained who I was and my proximity to his world, then ran out of explanations for why I was on his doorstep. I apologized for seeming like a crazy person, and Andy laughed. A foreign sound. He said everyone was acting crazy and invited me inside. We sat at a table in the kitchen and he offered me a glass of water. It was a strange but welcome offering, and I accepted. Andy's admission that all was not right with the world was comforting. Just knowing that he was willing to acknowledge it granted enough courage for me to press further. I told him I was trying to find out what was happening to this town, and I wanted to ask him about the incident with the fire trucks from a few months ago, and I wanted to record our conversation, if he didn't mind. His eyes got larger, and he looked down. Air passed through his lungs. He nodded. He didn't nod yes, he just nodded to himself. So I waited for him to say something. He said it was okay. As with Jim, I am protecting his privacy by transcribing and reading our conversation. Me. Again, it's only if you want to. I don't want to pressure you, and I won't be sharing this audio with anyone. It's for my own research. Andy. It's fine, really. Even if you do share it, it will be good to talk about it. My partner, Marie... She, well, she wants to pretend nothing happened, like there isn't even anything behind that closed-off door back there. And I get it, that's her way of dealing, but I'm not really dealing. It's a good thing she's not home right now. Actually, just a second. He got up from his seat then and disappeared down a hallway. I overheard some muffled words. <clears throat> Andy. Ginny? Uh, Ginny? There's someone here who wants to know about what happened in Dawn's room. You want to help me tell her about it? Since you were there? Only if you want to. There was the sound of a door opening footsteps, and Andy reappeared with a girl approximately of 11 years. She looked eager. Andy. Ginny, this is... my name omitted. Me. Hi. Ginny. Hi. Me. I live across the street by Jim. Ginny. 
Oh. Me. I'm going to be recording what we're saying. Is that okay? You don't have to say anything you don't want to say. Ginny. I don't care. Andy. So, where should we start? Me. I guess whatever you remember first from that night. Andy. Well, I'd fallen asleep at my desk downstairs, I'll admit. I don't remember much until I heard Marie shouting. Ginny. Mom was watching TV in her room, too loudly. She didn't hear Don because his room is at the end of the hall, past mine. Me. So you heard Don first? Ginny. He was crying. I thought he was sick. One time, Don woke us up with a stomach flu, and I went in his room and he'd thrown up on himself, and I saw it and I almost threw up. Andy interrupted her. Okay, Ginny, let's stay on topic. Ginny. Sorry, it wasn't funny then, but it is now when I think of it. Andy. Okay. Ginny. So, anyway... He didn't throw up this other night. He was just crying. I could hear Zoe crying, too. Me. Zoe is... Andy. Zoe... He cleared his throat. Zoe was our dog. She didn't, uh... She didn't make it. Me. I'm sorry. They didn't talk for a moment. Saddened by the memory of Zoe, I'd imagine, both father and daughter looked at their feet. Ginny's chin trembled, and then she buried herself in a hug with Andy. He cleared his throat again, murmuring to his daughter, It's okay. Thank you. And then he continued. So, uh, Ginny Ginny heard it all first. She stepped out of her room and saw the dog. She figured she'd check on her brother because she's a good big sister. Do you want to talk about the door? Ginny. Yeah, the door was hot. I had to use my sleeve to turn the knob. You know when you take a bowl of soup out of the microwave? Zoe burst in before I could even get inside, and there was like this huge wave of hot air. Hottest I've ever felt, and we've been to Florida. Me. Wow. Why do you think it was so hot? Ginny. Because of the... the thing in there. We couldn't see it, but it was looking at us. And and it was like it was made of hotness. Felt like when Dad opens the oven while cooking chicken. But it was dark, too, so we couldn't see it. Andy, when Don does talk about it, which isn't often, he calls it the hot monster. Me, where's Don right now? Andy, staying with Marie's parents. Ginny, whenever my grampy and Mima try to bring him back here, he starts to cry and won't stop. Really annoying. Andy, Well, Ginny, you know how scary it was. Imagine being his age when that happened. Ginny, 
I guess, just get tired of him crying. Me. Was he crying about anything specific that night? Ginny. He kept saying he didn't feel good, which was why I thought he was being sick again, but then I got to the room and started feeling it too. Me. What did it feel like? Ginny. Like, still sick to my stomach, but I dunno. Not because I ate something bad. Like before my piano recital, but way worse. Nervousness. Andy. Or fear, maybe. Ginny. I guess so. The heat was the problem, I think. It was hard to breathe, but I felt like I needed to breathe really hard. But I could tell something was wrong. Dawn was crying louder. Zoe wouldn't stop barking at the hot monster, and I felt really, um... Andy. Panicked? Ginny. Yeah, like something really bad was about to happen, and I couldn't do anything about it. Andy. But you did. Ginny. Yeah, I screamed for Mom. Andy. And that's when I woke up and started running upstairs. Everything happened so quick. By the time I got up there, Marie was slamming the door behind her, with Donnie crying in her arms and dragging Ginny. Couldn't see the dog, but she kept barking, and then there was this huge flash. A wall of heat. Smoke. Marie nearly fell on me from the force of the... whatever it was. Explosion? Ginny. Yeah. It made Donnie's bedroom door rattle. Andy. At that point, we were on autopilot. Get out of the house, call someone. Thankfully, Marie thought to grab the keys, and I'm never without my phone. Me. How long did it take to put out the fire? Andy. Fire? Me. Well, I'm assuming with an explosion that large... He interrupted me, saying, Actually, there wasn't really a fire. It was more of a flash, I guess. Went out as quick as it began. We called the fire department because of the smoke, but by the time they got here, there wasn't really anything to put out. They were stumped. So were the police. Ginny. Yeah, the police kept calling it an intruder, like some guy broke into Donnie's room and exploded himself. Me. What do you think it was? Ginny. I dunno. Me. Did you get a good look at the, um, hot monster? Ginny. I couldn't. It was, like, really dark, and I can't really explain. Andy. Donnie kept saying it wouldn't let him see. He doesn't have much else to say about it. Ginny. But that's true. It wouldn't let... It was like... It just, um... It was like when you're really sleepy and you're trying to keep your eyes open, but they keep closing. But eyes... But our eyes were open. We just couldn't, um... Me. Focus? Ginny. I guess so. It was kind of invisible. 
Me. So if it was invisible, how are you so sure it was there? Ginny. Because it was. The police said the same thing. Andy. Ginny, she's asking because she believes you. She really wants to know. Not because she thinks you're making this up. Ginny. Oh. Me. If you couldn't see it, could you hear it? Was it saying something to you? Ginny. No, we could feel it. Me. Because it was making the room hot? Ginny. Well, I guess, but mostly because we could feel it watching us. Donnie said it had eyes. I didn't see any eyes, but I think he was right. No one said anything for a moment. Then I took a chance and said, I have another favor to ask. And again, you don't have to, Andy interrupted me. You want to see the room, he said. Ginny. Ginny, we haven't been in there since just after it happened. Andy, no, but it might be a good idea to take another look, don't you think? Maybe it's a good idea to try and find out what happened? You can stay in here if you want, Ginny. You don't have to come with us. Ginny, nope, no way. I'm going with you. Andy, you sure? Ginny, yes. Andy, Well, here we go. Follow me. Me. You're sure? Andy. At this point, I'd rather take another look than pretend it isn't there. He led me down the hall. Ginny followed us closely. Immediately, I smelled charred wood and sulfur. The door was at the very end white paint bordered by a black stain of smoke. At the base, I noted a fine gray dust had gathered. Andy turned to me before opening the door and remarked quietly that the last time they'd been in there was a day or so after the incident to collect Zoe's remains. He said they'd had to guess where the dog had been when the incident happened. He opened the door and I blinked. It was dark and cold in there. I realized quickly that the coldness was from the empty window frame with plastic taped over it, and the darkness was actually because the walls and ceiling were blackened. Through the plastic on the window, I could see into the backyard, 
where the rocking horse mounted on a spring sat motionless and surrounded by undisturbed snow. On the floor of the room was a thick layer of ash, some places thicker than others. This was all there was in the room. All but one thing. On the wall to the right, there was a spot that had not been charred as darkly as everywhere else. Andy noticed me peering and explained that that was where they thought Zoe had been. He said if I looked closely, I could almost make her out. At first, I didn't know what he meant. All I could see was the light blotch on the wall and what I would assume were Andy's shoe prints making their way to it and back. I took one step in, wincing at the almost squeaky crunch of the ash underfoot and wondering if this was what the moon had felt like. Then I saw it. I saw her. Zoe's silhouette appeared in the spot on the wall, a lab with her head raised and teeth bared. that stare out from the dark is an extraordinary terrestrials production it was written read and recorded by miriam rimkunis music and art are also by miriam rimkunis all rights reserved 
The sirens were recorded by Freesound user LG. A link to their recording is in the show notes, which is where you can also find links to the podcast's social media, website, and Patreon. Join me next week for part five.